Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I'll tell you what. I am glad to be in his service this morning. And there's nowhere else I would rather be on a Sunday than in the house of God. Praise God. And I don't care if you thought you came here as happy as can be and on your tallest mountain and everything's going great, you're still going to leave better than when you came. And I'm so thankful for that. Well, I'm already crying and we haven't even gotten started yet. My goodness. God is so good. Yes, he is. You You know, everyone's calling looks a little bit different. Everyone's calling isn't going to be the same. For some people, some are called as children at an altar or in a children's church or in a Sunday school room. Some are called as an adult in a crowded service at an altar call. Some are called sitting on a pew. Some are called maybe listening to a radio station that touches them on the road. And some might be called in their darkest hour when they realize they've reached the end of the line and it's time for change. Well, for Moses, his call was kind of unique. He was in charge of his father-in-law's flock, and he led them out of the desert and into the backside of a mountain. It's called the Mountain of God, even as to Horeb. And God showed up on that mountainside. And how did God show up for Moses? Well, Moses was walking along, and he sees this burning bush. But he saw that this bush was not consumed. So it's just like all these flames, but it's not like we're hearing crackling wood. There's no smoke. This bush is totally lit up. And God calls Moses out of this this bush. We talked about the angel of the Lord a couple Sundays ago. But the angel of the Lord was an early appearance of God. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses out of this bush and called him. And he called him to be the deliverer of the Hebrew children that were enslaved in Egypt. And some of us may know the story. And if you want to read it, it's in Exodus. And so God not only calls him, but right there on the spot, he says, Moses, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. See, the moment God enters, it's holy ground. Mm -hmm. This is just a building until God enters. And then it is holy ground. Your cars can become holy ground. Your bedrooms can become holy ground. Your homes can be holy ground because wherever the presence of the Lord is, take off your shoes. It was a sign of respect. This is holy ground. So Moses takes off his shoes. Thank you, Jesus. So Moses takes off his shoes and the Bible says that he actually covered his face when he realized who this was. The God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, that God was speaking to him. And so he, he again, God knows us so well. So Moses is kind of like, all right, you know, taking off his shoes, he's covering his face. And God shows him signs right then and there using Moses' hand, using Moses' staff, just to prove that God was with him. And so God says, I want you to be the deliverer for the Hebrew children. And Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, is his response. 
Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have switch mics. This one's getting a little. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So God has just called Moses, and what is Moses' response? Moses pleads with the Lord. He's basically saying, Lord, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. I'm a poor speaker, and I'm slow, and I'm hesitant. It's hard for me to piece words together or even find the right words. And get this, we read on to verse 11, which says, So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Ooh, this one got me. The Lord is saying, Don't I know what I create? He's saying, I know all of those things, Moses, because I created you. I know your shortcomings. I know where you are weak. I know where you are insecure. I know the areas that you feel less than because I created you. And God charges Moses in verse 12. He says, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God says, go. And I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. So God's like, okay, heard your insecurity. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you the solution, Moses. I am the solution. Yes, yeah. amen. I will be with your mouth, and I'm going to teach you what to say. So it sounds pretty simple to me, right? God's like, heard it, acknowledged it, problem solved. Verse 13 goes on to say, but he said, oh, my Lord. Please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Does this not blow your mind? God, master of the universe, creator of literally everything, just got through telling Moses that he would be with him and teach him what to say. And Moses is so hung up on what he is lacking. He is so hung up on his insecurities that even after God's promise and reassurance, he still says, please, God, send someone else. I just can't. I'm not a good speaker. It's not going to work. Surely there's somebody else. And then verse 14 of Exodus chapter 4 says, So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Let me tell you something. The moment we question our own ability, we are actually insulting God's creation. The moment we question our own ability, we are actually insulting God's creation. So let's finish that, that verse, verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And get this, you guys. He's, God says, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Okay, next slide. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Verse 15 says, now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. 
So God, in his omniscience and omnipresence, remember, he knows all things and he's everywhere all the time. He says to Moses, your brother, Aaron, he's on his way to meet you right now. And picture this, this, this bush is burning and not being consumed. And God is literally talking to Moses from this bush saying, your brother's on his way out to come over and meet you right now. And he can speak well. I know that, too, because I created him, too. So I'm going to tell you what to do, Moses, and you're going to tell him what to do. It's like God is saying, I'm not going to deal with Aaron. You are. I called you, and you said that you weren't good enough, and you are wanting someone else to help you, so that's fine. But you're going to do the legwork. I called you. You called Aaron. Fine. I'm going to tell you what to tell Aaron. Exodus 4.16 says, So he, this is God telling Moses, he, Aaron, shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. God is saying, I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to tell him what to do. And then Moses, I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to tell him what to do. Wouldn't it have been so much easier if Moses would have just accepted the call? If he would have just, like, answered the mission? Because now we've got, like, an intermediary. We've got another person. Here's the deal. If God is everything to you, he can be everything for you. If God is everything to you, he can be everything for you. But if anything in your life is bigger than him, you're going to struggle. If your doubt is bigger, if your fear is bigger, if your own insecurities are greater, if your negative self-talk is louder, then you are setting that, whatever that is, between you and God. You realize that the more stuff that you put between in God, the further away that you are from him, right? See, Moses kept his insecurities about public speaking from carrying out fully what God had intended for him. Here's the thing about God's will. It's going to be accomplished with or without you, right? He doesn't need us. Bless our little hearts. He doesn't need anybody. Believe me, if you don't show up, something will continue. If you just drop out, God will send someone else eventually to to keep on marching forward. He doesn't need anybody, but he wants to work with each and every one of us. So we need to make sure that we are in a position to be used by God. Remember, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. So guess what? Blessings. I don't have to be perfect. Thank you, Jesus, because I'm not. I'm a hot mess. Ask anyone that knows me, hot mess express. Like, Jess, thank you. Nice to meet you. Okay. Yeah, it rhymes. Yeah. It's that bad. It rhymes. Yeah. So I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have it all together to be used of God to answer the call in order to serve him. You see, we can't do anything without him. Like, you get that, right? Like, by the grace of God, that breath, Jesus. Yeah. Never say you can do it on your own because, you know, Lord help you. He's my breath. 
He's yeah. the very reason that I get up in the morning and have the opportunity for another day. Yeah. It was never God's intent for us to stand on our own. We are imperfect, weak, unworthy human beings that he bought with a price. Yes, and let me just throw this in. If he doesn't do another thing for me, he's done enough. Yes, yes. Because he placed value on our souls, because we've been bought by the precious priceless blood of Jesus. We are rich. We are valued because of Christ, which is in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when we let our insecurities lead, when we let our fears lead, we're actually making things more difficult for ourselves. God's intent for the exodus from Egypt was for the rescue, and for the rescue of the Hebrew children was to use Moses and only Moses as the deliverer to bring the Hebrews out of Egypt. You see, when we sidestep our calling, when we try to talk ourselves or talk God out of the anointing or out of the calling that he has placed upon our lives, we are not only insulting his creativity, his sovereignty, his omniscience, we are making things more complicated than they were ever intended to be. Have you guys ever heard, like, instead of pretending like you're working at work, just work. It's more complicated. Like, your boss walks by and you're like, <laughs> it's so stressful. You start, like, your armpits start sweating because you know you weren't working. You hear footsteps and then you're like, one of my guy friends said that. He goes, I just gave up and started working. I mean, I'm here, might as well, right? Stop pretending. <laughs> but we are putting stumbling blocks in our own way in the form of excuses, in the form of fears, in the form of past failures or sin, it's in our way. And all the while, God is standing in our midst saying, I will be with your mouth, and I will give you the words to say. I will equip you. I will give you everything that you need to carry out your mission to carry out your purpose. Maybe there is an Aaron in your life who you think is better suited to stand up and to do what you feel that God has called of your life. So you are waiting for him or for her to make the move when it's your move. If God has called you, he will equip you. If God has called you, he's already given you the tools that you need to carry out his purpose for your life. And I'll tell you something. Talent and anointing are two very different things. I have been in churches where the singers are amazing. Like, what? This is like, I don't know, man. You could charge, you know, admission, sell tickets, and I would buy it. Like, they are amazing, but you don't feel anything. And then I have been in other services where maybe not everybody's on key, and maybe the tempo is off from time to time, but everyone is plugged in, giving their all to the Most High God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and you can feel something different. 
You can feel the anointing as the presence of God is ushered into the service. Talent isn't anointing. Talent isn't calling. See, Aaron had talent for speaking, but he wasn't called. Moses couldn't speak his way out of, I don't know what, a parking ticket, and he was called. Talent isn't anointing. Talent isn't calling. And often, God operates at our weakest point. Why? So he gets the glory. Yes, amen. So then there's no question. We can never say, I did this or I did that. Oh, no. It is all Jesus. It is all Jesus. It is all Jesus. It is nothing but the grace and mercies of Christ alone. He's my source. He's my everything. He's the reason. I find it fascinating that when you read through the first part of the plagues in the book of Exodus, you will see, let's pull up Exodus 8.5, God says to Moses, say to Aaron, tell Aaron to do that. Tell Aaron, Moses, to stretch out his hand with his rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Now we can skip down to verse 16. Say to Aaron, Moses, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Tell Aaron, tell Aaron, tell Aaron. Do you know what we do when we deny our calling or when we make excuses or when we tell the Lord, find someone else? We become the middleman when God intended us to be the front runner. We become a bench warmer when God intended us to be the star player, captain of the team. We become less than what God had intended for us. Tell Aaron. When from the beginning, God just wanted to say, hey, Moses, stretch out your hand, and you cause this, and you cause that. God wants to prove himself through you. Our inability, it doesn't matter. Our shortcomings are totally irrelevant and insignificant. It doesn't matter. The God who makes the sun to rise in the east and set in the west, the God who hung the stars and the moon, who created you uniquely and wonderfully and fearfully, knows everything about you, good and bad. Okay? And he wants to show up miraculously through your life, Mm -hmm. through your hands and through your feet, if you will allow him to. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. But like Moses, God doesn't force his will on anybody. His will is going to be carried out, okay? We, I mean, we all know that. We've established that. It's going to be carried out. Like, bless your little heart if you think that you're going to stand in God's way. Ain't going to happen. His will is going to be carried out, but if one vessel, if one person isn't willing or is bound up by fear or doubt or unbelief, you can be sure that he will use someone else. Because the will of the Lord will always be done. The will of the Lord will always be accomplished. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anything or anyone to separate me from the calling that God has for my life. I don't even want to stand in my own way. And you know, sometimes our biggest issue is ourself. Right. 
our negative self-talk. Nobody's saying these things to us. We're saying them to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I rebuke that stumbling block in Jesus' name. I rebuke that fear in Jesus' name. I rebuke that negative self-talk in Jesus' name. I've got to get to that throne, and I've got to get to my calling, and I've got to get to where God wants me to go in the name of Jesus. Romans 11.29 says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Another version says irrevocable. We've heard of like irrevocable trusts, but nobody really bothers to ask what those are because it's too much. We can't. Overloaded just hearing the title of that, right? Oh, you have an irrevocable trust? Bye. Sounds too complicated. Thank you. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. What does that mean? When God lays an anointing or a calling upon your life and marks your life with a purpose, he doesn't repent for it. Meaning he doesn't make mistakes. He's not going to apologize for it. It's never a miss. He's never wrong. Now, whether or not that individual chooses to pursue their purpose or their calling or challenge their potential or operate under the anointing is up to them. I think this world would be turned on its head if each and every being created by God set aside fear, set aside doubt, set aside their past, set aside their sin, set aside every single excuse or reason that they have been hiding behind and pursued what God has called of their lives. Exodus 4, 17 says, And you shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do signs. We were created to win. And if somebody tells you different, you send them to me. And I will deal with them. And I'm not going to write a letter. I will deal with them face to face. (laughs) We were created to win. We were created for more. We We were created intentionally on purpose and for a purpose. Yes, amen. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray over you this morning. And if you would, out of reverence and respect for the Most High King, can we just close our eyes and lift up our hands? Oh God, help us to accept our calling, our mission. Lord, let us not hide behind it our insecurities or negative self-talk. God, help us to be sensitive to your leading in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be everything that you created us to be by your grace and for your glory. I pray courage. I pray direction. I pray peace and I pray wisdom. I pray healing and strength and guidance over each and every one in this place so that when we stand before you, God, on that great day, meet you face to face you can say well done well done well done in jesus name in jesus name what an incredible message thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may god bless you